What's up, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode. This is Unbuckled Chinstrap, and I'm your host, Paul Rabel. And the news has officially broken. Rob Pinnell is now a player in the Premier Lacrosse League. And not only that, he's one of the best players in the world. He's won an MVP, countless All-Stars. He's been the Attackman of the Year, and he's won championships both professionally and internationally. And I get him to open up on this show, fully open up, and you get the real RP3. Stuff that I knew and became accustomed to because we played together going back to 2015, including two world teams, which the first one was in 2014. Rob will be entering our league's entry draft next week, and that is comprised of professional lacrosse players who have not yet played in the PLL, and the reason is because they had multi-year deals with MLL. Let's just call a spade a spade. So Rob, among other players that we just unveiled yesterday, one being Zach Courier, Jesse Bernhardt, Eli Gobrak, Dylan Ward, like really fucking good players are going to be a part of this entry draft next week. Now, before we get going, Rob was in town for a week. We did what's called a car wash. So that's when we take a talent or athlete or coach and we take them through the gamut of media offerings. So you saw the hero unveil commercial that we did of Rob Pinnell. He was on this podcast, the inside feed. We did other social assets. We took him through our merchandise tent. We created some features for NBC and so on. That is what you call in the marketing world, a car wash. Anyway, let's get to the real RP3. Friday, March 6th. Rob Pinnell is officially out of contract with MLL, and we are here in the POL podcast studio celebrating you now as a player in the POL. It is great to be here. And we don't know what team yet. We don't. But we do have some Don Julio 1942, and we are going the to best. pour a glass to start the podcast. Oh, baby. This could get interesting on this podcast. That's what it's going to be. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting. We just smoked a shooting workout, so... Not, just, not too much in my my body right now, so this could go, this could hit quick. Yeah, because you intermittent <laughs> fast, right? Yeah, except for the starburst in the office today. And you also told me that. Wow, it's good, right? It's smooth. It's very smooth. And it's also ten fifteen in the morning. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you just gotta celebrate. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? It's been a it's been a long time. Long time, but it's about time. Yeah. So it's awesome to be here with you. How was the uh, How was the last year? Last year was a long one. At times, I felt like it never was going to end. Yeah. Um, very bittersweet for me in the lacrosse world because I want to be happy for guys like you and, and everything you're doing and guys in the PLL having a great time being with one another. But from the outside looking in, it was just like, I want to be there. Yeah. So it, it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was under contract. I wanted to, you know, finish that out and, and do the right thing. But at the same time, to not be a part of what you're doing, you know, and Mike and, and everyone here at the PLL and everyone coming over, to not be there from the start, someone like me that's been in the sport for so long and invested so much into it, it just sucked, man. How did you think about all of the social media conversation of people just pontificating on, you know, Rob wanted to stay in MOL, why isn't Robin PLL? And then every time you post on Instagram, people are commenting, dude, go to the PLL. Like, let's clear the air right now. Why weren't you playing? I was under contract. You know, I wanted to be in the PLL. I, that was the truth. And uh, everyone you know, around me knew it. Um, you know, People in the MLL knew it. And 
it was just a matter of me having one more year left on my three-year contract and it was just unfortunate timing and that's why i was not here and if i had left if i had broken that contract it was uncertain whether or not the mll would you know kind of enforce it and, yeah. and not let me go and and we didn't want to take that chance of what could have happened right and you know figure out just wait the year but that was it and i think that was one of the most frustrating parts was just not being able to put that out there myself um or just like when you have people on instagram just every post for the last year and however so months you know i guess since last january so year and two months you know 14 months everything's just like at pll go to the pll why aren't you in the pll what you know everyone like it was my it wasn't my decision yeah and i think um that was the biggest thing that I just kind of wanted to do right by where I was and, and where I was going and just just be patient and, and then people would in due time find out what, yeah. what, what really happened, what really was the case. I'm sure you contemplated putting out a blog or tweeting about like, hey, here's, I'm playing an MLL, I'm gonna give it everything I have this year, but uh, I'm playing because I'm under a multi-year deal. Why didn't you go that route? I just think at, at that point I was gonna do what was right and I was gonna play in the MLL and I didn't wanna just make my teammates around me feel weird or um, the league and just be like, I didn't want it to be like, I don't wanna be here. Right. You know, I was there, I was investing all I had into it, trying to play the best that I could. But at the end of the day, you know, really deep down inside of me, like I, I wanted to be in the PLL. Yeah. But I didn't want, I just didn't want people to look at me like, listen, this is where I am, this is what I'm doing. I'm gonna be in the present right now. I'm gonna, this is what it is. We'll talk about that when the time comes. Isn't it crazy that, you know, for the history of MLL and part of the reason why we were able to, to build this business so quickly is that guys were under one-year contracts. And then it wasn't until very recently where MLL started to explore signing guys under multi-year deals. You were one of the first ones, right? Yeah. Probably the first. Yeah. And mine with actually finished. With the Lizards. That's right. Yeah. And so. Your second deal finished. Right. And I had one year left. Right. I was like, well, if Paul has a multi-year deal, I want one, you know? And I actually wanted that deal to be two years, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Like, I remember negotiating with my agent and with the Lizards and being like, can we make this deal two years instead of three? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, you know, what's going to go on. And we had no idea. No we, idea. We played together for five years and not once when we were playing together was I like, hey, I think there's a future for professional lacrosse, not MLL. Yeah, no. Never I mean, our out. initial strategy was to buy MLL and figure it out using the existing you know, structure and intellectual property and teams and history. So everything happens for a reason. Yeah. There's so a reason that didn't happen. In so, my opinion. so when when were your eyes like? When did you begin to lock in on PLL? Was it as soon as MLL season ended? Because you because the the other nuance is that. And I mentioned March 6th at the top of the episode is that March 1, you're officially out of contract. Yeah. And so it was odd even for us when we launched the league last year and people, and I, I know the same position you're in because I wanted to share more, but we couldn't, or we wanted to be mindful of the legality of sharing more about our players. But when the MLL season was over, you know, you would think, okay, that that contract's done, but the contract was annual and it would go from you know, the beginning of March to the end of February. So we that's why we launched our team makeup of players in March of last year. We made we announced in October, we made everyone wait to talk about our players because yep. that was right. And so you've had this period too, where you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. 
I still I still feel like now that it's March, even like, you know, the season's in two months, like I'm still just like, you know, I just want to get out there with everybody. Um, but the irony of the situation is that my Lizards contract, because of the MLL changing their season, because of the PLL starting their season later, the MLL reacted, right? My Lizards contract was actually up September 1st and yeah. we were still playing. Huh. Yeah. So like my contract with the team. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like I played like two games. And I was, I, you know, that's right because they changed the schedule, they and they're changing the schedule. the schedule again right now. They're, they went yeah. from sixteen. You guys play sixteen games last year, yeah, and now back to ten this year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, not two. I haven't. I haven't had. I've had no discussions with anybody yeah. there. So, are you bitter um, about that relationship overall? No, not at all. I mean, I. It. I think both sides knew what was coming. Um, but I mean, to answer your question about when did I start thinking about the PLL, it's like. I was all in on, on the MLL and like, listen, I'm like, listen, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be the best that I can be. And I'm going to try and win a championship. Why not? And um, we started out 0-4. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you're a fucking competitor. I was like, you know, 0-4 in the MLL. It's like, that's a tough way to start. Yeah. And tough to, tough to get back Why on. Why was that? You guys had a talented team. I think I think it was four one-goal games. Yeah. yeah. And we just like, we had opportunities to, to get it through the finish line. And we it was didn't. like Chrome. Yeah. So, and then after that, it's like, you're not really... I guess there was only sixteen six teams or so we could have maybe fought back, but it just never happened, never was gonna happen. But once the season ended, I was like, I'm I'm dialed in, you know, I'm gonna start training for, for PLL just because in a way I just felt like I was just forgot about for a year. Um, because everything was just the PLL dominated the lacrosse world. Yeah. With regards to media, the players posting, NBC. Right, everything going on, everything that you guys are doing, it was just everywhere. And the MLL didn't really wasn't really ready to counteract that with media of their own. And just didn't have the people in place. So it was just like, you know, <laughs> where it happened to Rob? And I was the MVP in 2018. And then it was just like, okay, let me take a year off. I yeah. don't know. You know, it was weird, really weird. I mean, it was really at weird. At the top I, of my game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think about it. You're still at the top of your game. I think about it. You're in the center of your prime. You're 30 years old. You and I were talking about it when we were shooting this morning. That, And I, I believe in kind of like the bio history of 28 to 32. And a lot of things have to fall in place. I don't want to digress too much, but you talked about on your Twitter recently in a thread with other thought leaders in our industry that uh, – you know, the, the best, the goat in a team sport is highly subjective outside of like, you call it Jordan Gretzky um, and, and and like Tom Brady or Joe Montana, depending on even that subjective. But, but a lot of it has to do with the team that you're drafted to, the coaches, the players on that team. And you see potential greatest of all time players across major team sports, you know, enter all the time and potentially fizzle out. There's injury. Um, and so if you eliminate all that and you try to make it even, if you look at like the biomechanics of development and psychology and skill, 28 to 32 is like optimal prime. And so you're directly in the center of it. But you also look at a major prime year of 29, you not being able to play with the best in the world. Um, and so, you know, I, what I was saying earlier is I, I think about what you said pretty often, even during the season because we're close and we've played together and you've been an MVP when I've played with you. We've won a world championship together. We've, we won an MLL championship together. And when all the noise gets out there and pushed around Matt Rambo being MVP and best attackman in the world, 
I know that there's Rob Pinnell over here, and I know we can't talk about you legally, <laughs> so now we can. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I you just... Like, from, I'm fucking here. Yeah, I'm back, you know. I was, I was gone, and I'm back. And you know, I, didn't, I didn't go anywhere, but I did. You know, it was like I, I was still Rob Pinnell. I was still, you know, the leading scorer for however many years in the MLL. And yeah, you beat top my record, five. Man. What was up We, we both beat it in the same season. Yeah, you beat it by more. <laughs> And we both did it in one less game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, you know, you just see guys in, in the PLL and a lot of these younger guys, which is great. But, you know, these guys didn't have success in the MLL when we were one one league and, and the most competitive. And now the PLL is most competitive and uh, and they're having the success. And I had no control over that situation. You know, I, I had no control over the narrative. I wasn't there. And, yeah. uh, and it sucked. But now, now I'm back and now I'm here. So. You know how I think about it? I I was I was kind of like, what is this similar to in any other sport? Because the disruption hasn't existed. Maybe the AFL, NFL days, or maybe NBA, but but not in the modern era. And I was like, you know what it feels like? So Rob was the league MVP in 2018, attackman of the year. You throw away the 2019 season in MLL, and I'm sorry, you just throw it away. The best players were in the PLL. Across the board, like density-wise, in 2019, but Rob wasn't, and there are a few other guys that are coming over that weren't either that are really, really fucking talented. So you got everyone now at the top in 2020. The way I think about you is, you were like the heavyweight champion whose title was vacated. You couldn't do anything about it. You had a multi-year agreement. Couldn't do anything about it. So your title was vacated, and then there was open pasture and Rambo. Credit to Rambo because he was the league MVP. He was better than me. He's better than Tom. He was better than, you know, Tucker Durkin, Trevor Baptiste, you name it. And so he earned it, but you didn't have a chance in that year. So it's like a heavyweight champion's title being vacated. You should run with this on social. And now you're back to go get it back. Yeah. No, I'm back. I mean, I'd, listen, like you said, 28 to 32, um, I'm 30. I'm in as good a shape as I've ever been in. I'll be in better shape when the season starts. I'll be ready to go. And, uh, you know, as far as I'm as you know, as as far as I'm concerned, this is the first year of the PLL, right? Level playing field, everyone's there. Um, last year, it was, it was what it was, but now everyone's there that should be there. And, were, you pissed, uh, were you pissed off at me from time to time, but all the time? So you understand me. So when I'm like, <laughs> all the best players in the world, you're probably like, God damn it, Paul. No, I, it's, <laughs> it's it, okay. is, it is what it is, man. I get, the, I get what's, what's going on. It's a business. I'm just like... It was a situation. We both knew it. It's like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna resent you for it, or you know, n- not like you for it. It, it's, you know, hate's a strong word, but it's I, like, I guess I don't. I had the benefit of getting to play with you, and you got to know me over time, over yeah, years. Dude, it's a business. It's, it's that's if that's anything I've learned, and even more so, other than on field learning from you, off the field, the business side of things, learning from you. Um, it's a business, and listen, we're, we're, you're trying to make the sport better, and you're giving us as players a better opportunity to be professional lacrosse players. So, how am I going to resent that? I just, I was, I just, it was, an, it was an unfortunate situation. Yeah. The I don't want to digress, but one of the worst things about being in the MLL in 2019 was that everybody from the outside looking in was like, "Okay, this isn't the best league. Yeah. Rob, you're in it. You're going to dominate. You're going to break your own records. You're going to, you're, you're going to have a hundred points." And I'm like. Guys, that's not the case. I was it doesn't like, work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. Wow. You still need good. You still need good players around you. Yep. Right. You still need 
you know, still to, for me to get up for the game is about playing against the best players. And yeah, um, it, and you need to have a system that you can thrive in. Doesn't work that way. And it's just it, that was difficult for me because when I wasn't being as productive as I had been in years past, I had to like kind of check myself and be like, why? What's going on here? Yeah, I think the margin in, in pro sports is so thin too, and and that's what makes best in the world like really stand out and why you see best in the world be become icons and become globally recognized and reap the rewards financially and just take take sprinting, take track and field. Usain Bolt, he's dominated for 16 years, dominated. But if you break down his margin of victory, I mean, it is, yeah. like you can't even, it, I mean, it is hundredths of a second, but because he's so fast, we see sometimes body lengths, but the pace of number two and three, they're also world class. So I would say, like, you know, just by and large, and look, you, you look at the talent density and the parity of Division I college lacrosse right now. There are guys that are on the outside looking in. There are guys on the outside of Team USA that get cut in number 24, number 25 spot that can make claim to a position for Team USA. So I will defend you in that. Look, we had talent density and best in class in PLL. Sans you, sans people like Courier, Bernhardt, and stuff like that. Lyle Thompson, but if who's under a multi-multi-year agreement. So, but but like it's not like you guys are out there playing against middle schoolers. Yeah. And the last point I'll, I'll make on this, into your emotional comment around getting up against the best, is you know I I had a I had a really good just being very direct. I had a really good four years in college. I played well. Scored a lot of points. Had great teammates, great coaches, and the ball dropped more times for me in 50-50 situations than it didn't. Straight up, I was the worst player at Lake Placid, at Vail Shootout every fucking summer. And I would suit up and I'd want to win, but it was something about like the casual nature of playing when when not everything is on the line. And that just I'm just not good in that situation. Some guys are. Some guys are, and it's not a discredit to them, and it may not be a credit. It's just not my style, and I think we're a lot alike, and that's the way I pinpoint the psychology of, the, of what you just presented. Yeah, there's, there's a reason why we're as successful in this sport as we are, and that's because we, we only know one way, and uh, for the most part, right? It's like that competitive nature, when we're on the field, we're there to play to the best of our ability, we're there to win, we're not, you know, smiling, goofing off, trying, you know, it's like, I'm on a lacrosse field right now. I want to win the game. And to play against the most competitive and have everybody, you know, one guy is not on the same page as, as you. It's like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, we're out here to win. Yeah. You know, stop. Get off the field, whatever, you know. So um, there were at times where it was just like, it was tough. It was really tough. And uh, I mean, my last practice in the MLL, I almost walked off the field. Really? We, we had practice, and it, it, honestly, it was it was a circus. Guys just throwing the balls around. It was, and uh, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe because it was the last game, we weren't making the playoffs. But it was just like, all right, this was this is it. This is it. You know. Um, but it, listen, it is what it is. I, I respect those guys, and and I think the great thing about what you've done, or you know, one of the great things is aside from giving the best players in the sport, that opportunity to play on national television and on NBC and, and 
to have benefits and, and make more money and, and be full-time um, is that now you've given guys that dream to play in professional lacrosse an opportunity and, yeah. you know, that wouldn't have had that opportunity in the MLL. Um, so in a way, those guys, however they look at you, like they wouldn't have that opportunity if it weren't for you. Well, they look at you too, and you coach a lot of them. Like you're homies with Grant Amen, right? Yeah. Is it Ament or Ament? How do you how do you say it? I say Ament. I say Ament too. Yeah. I mean, he was at Project Nine for three years, and Mark Millen's super close to his family yeah. and called him Grant Ament. But I feel like everyone's saying Ament. Grant, call into the show at some point if you're listening. Call me Let's, now. We don't have I'll a number. Up. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing the Big Red this weekend. <laughs> oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very, I'm very close with him. You're yeah. super close with him. Yeah. So, like, you touch the next generation of stars more than me. I appreciate you saying that, but. Um, the other the other aspect to now your entrance so you, you've got like your PLL Shield shirt on because you don't have a team right now the, the entry draft's coming up I sent you a picture yesterday of selfie waiting to put one of these on yeah <laughs> I have no idea what team I'm on you know I know a team I hope I want I want to be on but yeah. I don't uh, I don't know which is like another part of like it's just it's just funny man it's just the process has been so long just to finally get here where we're doing this I'm in I'm in the offices I'm, I'm you know we're shooting stuff for the announcement and uh, but now it's like okay what team am I on Okay, you know, I just want—I just wanted to be like there, all in, in that team group chat, guys. I'm ready to fucking rock, yeah. And we're gonna crush it this season. And I want to get the training camp. I want to get in the first game. I have the chills thinking about it right now, man. I'm just ready. It's been—it's been. I feel for you. It's, it's like you're sitting in purgatory, and you've been in limbo for a while. And anyone can relate listening, whether it's at work, relationally, in this case with RP3, you just with no certainty. It really drives us nuts because you just we want to know like we we need to know what is going to happen next so we can focus on it especially as a you know type a world-class athlete so i'm sorry you're going through that it's all good man <laughs> it's like you know we, just, we just, yeah for the most part of our careers we've had control over our success yeah. right and for you know first time for me in a while i just i wasn't able to control what was going on what are you going to feel like on nbc i mean you're going to be on the peacock regular season at some point no matter what team you're on and then ideally championship game we've not i mean that's one of the things you heard me scream that from the mountaintop i mean the college national championship is on espn too so this is like real shit i can't wait you're gonna feel pressure no i felt some pressure well, I mean, the Peacock. Well, it's, we let's, were like, let's look at you. We had like it's the your French league, Open. It's your league. No, no, no. It's you. French of Open. You're Rafa Nadal winning a championship. And all right, let's go to the PLL game here. And here's Paul Rabel. And here's founder. Rob Pinnell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's awesome. Well, what's That's where we belong. Yeah. That's where we belong. Yeah. So it's our sport. So, it's, so let's, go, let's go into the players then. So we talked about Matt Rambo, Ryder Garnsey. Uh, you know and have played alongside Jordan Wolf for a while with Team USA and against him, Connor Fields. Who are some of, like, you, you're a student of the game. Who are some of the players, and we can even talk defense, Tucker Durkin, Landis, Apple. Who are some guys that stood out to you where you're like, oh, I'm impressed with this cat? I mean, you know these guys well anyway. Was there anyone that jumped off the page for you? Um, Not really. You know, I, I think someone who I'm really impressed with is uh, you know, defensively. Obviously, you have the staples, but um, Bryce Young, yeah, I think he's really good, and I think he was really important to that Whip Snakes defense as that you know kind of third piece between Matt Dunn, uh, Muller, and then him. Yeah, like I mean, 
crazy defense right there. Um, Systematized too, man. Played with each other growing up. Have burn lower net. <laughs> it's really, really not fair. Their slide <laughs> package was great. Yeah, not fair. Um, Jack and Cannon. I, I knew Jack at Hofstra. You know, my uncle Jim Metzger is a big benefactor there, and uh, so I'd watched him play. But I didn't know how he'd fare. He didn't really get a, a fair shake in the MLL, and yeah. he comes out. He's a starting goalie, and you know, best goalie in the world. You could argue. Yeah. Um, so really impressed with him and just like hearing, watching, but also hearing how other players thought that he was the best um, was cool to hear just because he's, he's just a great kid. Um, I just like him. I like him as a person. Um, besides that, you know, I think it was it was nice to see the guys that you would hope have good seasons, you know, Will Manny and, and Tribes, um, guys like you and um Ryan Brown you know you just like to see those guys have success as those are just your boys so yeah um who are your boys but I'll be honest man I yeah. didn't watch too many games because it was just bitter oh you didn't no but you track stats I could have I, I would bet yeah, I track I mean, stats I was I track stats I, would bet I was looking you know at those Rambo stats, stats. Uh, I think what do you have 42 points or something I don't know but you, I don't even know no yeah, honestly, we could start up I didn't I, I was I was tracking We've talked stats about because before I was tracking stats because I was looking at I wasn't really tracking them, but I was looking game to game what guys would have and uh you know I know will had that big last game which we had like 50 points in the season yeah but you know the guys were at like 38 39 40 points I was like you know, man I'd be at like 50. yeah <laughs> I was I you know I'm talking to my brother he he watched a lot more than I did he's like dude you'd be you'd be loving this and just be feeding and, and all that. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. We're going to take a quick break in the conversation with Bobby for a dynamic ad read. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by our incredible friends and now official ticketing partner of the premier lacrosse league. That is Ticketmaster. We're powered by Ticketmaster, And that means if you're looking to attend a PLL game this summer, the experience is far easier than it's ever been and easier than any other sporting event you've gone to. It's simple. You can do two things. One, go to PLLtickets.com. Now, PLLtickets.com, or you can just open up your Ticketmaster app like I do and get them today. Now, our ticketing team has been kicking ass. The two leaders right now from last week are Lauren and Casey. If you're listening, awesome work. If you're also listening, you're on the ticketing team, and I didn't say your name, you have a chance this week to do it. That's how we bonus out. We give our ticketing team props on unbuckled chin strap. On top of it, if you don't want to go to PLTickets.com or the Ticketmaster app, and by the way, I'm doing all this off the cuff, we have a phone number for you to call to get your tickets. It's 310-928-1107. Prove it, Paul. Here we go. Calling Premier Lacrosse League. Please hold for the next available agent. Good music. PLL, this is Brendan. Brendan, I'm so glad you answered. This is Paul Rabel calling from Unbuckled Chinstrap, and we're doing a Ticketmaster ad read. Give us your best pitch. Paul Rabel, welcome to the phone line. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Have you ever attended a PLL event before? I, I did. I, I got to attend really? 14 of them last year. I am. I, I consider myself wow. both. What do you got for me? Well, well, we got Gillette opening weekend, uh, May 29th and 30th. Thank you, Brendan. I'll see you in a little bit. I appreciate you doing that. Yep. Later. How good is that? Let's get back to Rob. Do you think about the gameplay? Have you thought about the shorter quarters, slightly shorter field? Well, I, I thought about clock. the point. I thought about the production. I was like, well, that's probably what is and 10 games. to a 10 that was games. The other thing. 10 games. 
shorter, shorter clock. Is it running the clock? It's the same as as uh, all leagues, NBA to NLL to MLL, and that is uh, it runs. Uh, it stops after goals. It stops at penalties. Okay. Um, stops under two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured that was the reason too, but. Uh, I, mean, I thought about maybe the ball's not going behind as much and the attack they aren't getting as many touches. Um, but at the same time, like, it, it's very fast, so everyone should get their touches. But then the goalies played unbelievable. They played really well. Right? And that was a big big topic of conversation. But I'll be honest, I did not watch that many that many games. The one game I did watch was, or, you know, one of the games I did watch was the championship. And I was like, all right, Rambo, let's see it. Let's see what, you know, and he, and he showed me. I was yeah. like, fucking awesome. I was like, good for you, man. Yeah, you deserve well. MVP. You deserve everything. You close the game out, and what a year he had! I mean, um, so to see to see him, because up to that point, I was like, "All right, what's going on here?" Yeah, he hadn't done much in MLL. It's tough. You know, we talk about this all the time. Coming in as a young, you know, one, two, three years out, you're not working out. You don't. You're not being forced to work out. You don't have the stick in your hands every day. So you got to put in the work on your own. You got to make sure you're ready. And if you're not doing that as a young guy, you're gonna get lost real quick. What was your experience like that coming? Because you, I mean, you won every award you can win in college. You were nominated for a fucking ESPY. <laughs> Tourton, Turnbull Awards, set the points record all time in NCAA. And then Lyle took it at some point. Is someone else going to take Lyle? I'm like now? four. Uh, I don't think so. Did someone already take Lyle's? No, no, no. no. I don't think he'll break broken. Amen. If Sauer's. <laughs> no, no. Amen. If Sowers keeps up at this pace. I'm sorry, Grant, by the way. I, it, like, if anyone gets it, it's me. I get rabble. Yo, listen, Grant's just going to be pumped. He's getting so much. <laughs> I get rabble, <laughs> reveal. Yeah. Panel. I used, to um, go, I used to go to Virginia every time. Two, only two years. Two of the four years you play away. And I know for certain that they were cued my senior year to call me rabble. Told. At this stage, guys, give me a fucking break. Yeah, you gotta know. During intros, after goals, it's like they would elevate. Goal, number nine, Paul Rabble. I'm like, you motherfucker. Gamesmanship. Knife in the side. Yeah. Um, not Sowers is the only one that's at a crazy pace right now, but he, I think he's just gonna, I have the Ivy League record still. And, uh, and he's probably going to break that if he stays. He's averaging ten points a game right now. It's unbelievable. So if he can keep that pace up, he'll he'll beat me. But I don't think anybody will touch Lyle. Yeah, four hundred points. Yeah. Insane. So so out of school, you get drafted number one. You're in New York. You've been in New York your whole career. Yep. Um, was there was there like a little bit of rocky learning curve? Uh not really. I, I kind of yeah, I had a hat trick my first game. Um, you got hit by a Steven Pizer shot. Oh, my God, right in the inside thigh. I was like, Pies, I'm wide open. Nope. <laughs> no, Pies, Pies doesn't make the one more. He got me my he first assist, though. He got me my first assist. <laughs> oh, he yeah, he did. Yeah, give him the ball. He'll <laughs> put it in the net. <laughs> I love him. He's great. He was one of my favorite teammates just, like, right off the bat, really. He kind of took me under his wing. He's a good dude. Great dude. He's funny. Um, so this is being called, like, the, the, the most dense and probably talented draft class over the last decade. I mean, you could say that about a lot, man. A lot of draft classes, but I get what because of this. And, and I, you know, I think the top ten guys, maybe, but like I don't know about the depth of it. Right. But then again, I don't. I don't watch too much. I watch Cornell, watch Penn State. Um, I don't watch too many games, but I guess just like some of the numbers these guys are putting up is probably why numbers you have. I mean, honestly, the breed of of dodging, feeding, scoring ex attackmen is is far more limited than I think the sport used to have. Like that used to be the quarterback position. Yeah. You just don't have as many U's or Lyles 
you know, Matt Tanowski was like that at Duke. Yep. It became in the late 90s and early 2000s a midfielder's game. And then what we're seeing right now is it swings back with a couple of those guys that we've been talking about as pure play ex-attackmen. Um, so I think that, to your point, like provides a little bit more emphasis yeah. around the town in this class. And then you also throw in a TD Ireland. Yeah. So you have a world-class face-off player who will start for one of our teams. And then all of a sudden you have like a really well-rounded draft class. Yeah. I don't know enough for the middies. You know, I, Doc's Aiken's a beast, but yeah, I, I already can't play football. Um, you know, I, I'd imagine it's if, like the if Pat Spencer, the, the young Bernhardt came. He he's playing football too, right? But like, kind of like, what are we doing? He's guys? a professional across midi. If if and when he plays, like he's gonna be. You think Jared would move? To I think it? he'll be a midi. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a sick athlete. Yeah, he's a crazy athlete. He's gonna get up and down. Um, he's like his brothers. Yeah. But uh, I focus on the attackman. You know, I wish I watched Sowers play more. I watch Grant. You know, Teat is unbelievable at Cornell. Um, you know, hopefully he'll. You never know. He go back and play box. But what do you think about the knock on Sowers being that he's never made a playoff? You know how I feel about this, man. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think... Uh, I mean, you played in Final Four. There's too many things that he can't control in, in a 10 v 10 sport. You know, he can't play defense, too. He's not taking face-offs. He's not playing goalie. He, uh, you know, I don't think he's been on some of the greatest teams. He hasn't been on good teams. I mean, they haven't even made the Ivy League tournament, I don't think. So Damn. he's put up the production that he has in as little games as he has and you know you put him on a good team i think they finally have a good team and you're seeing what they're doing with him doing that so i don't think championships should define i had this conversation with jim brown actually we had lunch a few years back go on and yeah dude because he's it was kind of to my tweet the other day about the word great being thrown around and he's he can't stand it he's like everyone says everyone's great these days like you it takes a lot to be great and you have to get to a certain level to be called great you can't just say this person's great um, and also championships don't define a person being great because there's too many factors basically that you can't control. Yeah. Uh, especially in football, right? Like look at football and I know, listen, Tom Brady, he's the goat, right? If, if there's going to be a goat to football, it's Tom Brady, but he's in the position that controls the game the most too, the most, to your point. But yes, but look at also like his defense isn't making stops, right? Like they're down to the Falcons 28 to three. His defense making stops, right? He's getting the ball back. And he's producing, but he's getting the ball back. You got Vin Terry kicking field goals in the snow. Yeah, he's like a lot of things that he couldn't, you know, interception on the goal line. So does that make Bill Belichick in this sport more valuable than Tom Brady because he's got to control the other levers? <laughs> it's your boy. Um, I think they're just a great duo. Yeah. It, they just worked. I mean, worked whatever is said about them, I mean, they, that's when they got championships. So, um, but I don't think that defines whether you're great or not. Maybe that's because I haven't won a championship in college, but I've won championships at the other levels. Well, that's the thing, and, right? Uh, so, so you have been able to capture championships. Yeah. So it's time tells. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think greatness is uh, consistency over a prolonged period of time, right? You had a great college career, four years, freshman year, you started. Senior year, you left. I remember watching your final game, six goals, whatever you had, five in the four, four, four in the fourth quarter. I was in a suite at Gillette watching. Um, it was unbelievable. And then you got into the pro leagues and you just continued. That's how I look at myself, right? One of the best, you know, one of the most um, decorated college careers. Got into the pro league and I just kept going, right? For seven, eight, you know, going to my eighth year now. You've been doing it for. Four, 12 years going on 13. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> it, you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it takes a lot to do that. That's yeah. greatness. Greatness isn't doing it for one year. 
It's not doing it for one year in college. There's a lot of guys, there's guys that have won a tour in one year in college and the next year disappear, right? It, you got to do it consistently. To me, that's what greatness is. And you can't just call, you know, you got guys, here I am going to stir it up a little bit. You got Sergio Salcido and Miles Jones calling each other great, right? Like, or him, or I think Salcido said it in his comment, like, you're a great player. And, or so, someone said Salcido's great. It's like, you know, the dudes had 20 points last year and, you know, had a good year in college, but like, they haven't been great in the pros. They've, they've been there four or five years. They haven't been great. Yeah. You can't just call people great. That's not how it works. Yeah. You got to earn that. Yeah. So some of that just pissed me off. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious. Because I work. You yeah. work. You earn it. Do you feel like that edge? I mean, it's, it's, it's an edge that Kobe had, MJ had, LeBron has. LeBron's done a really good job. And, and Kobe, towards the end of his career, of course, rest in peace, uh, around being able to have that edge with some fabric softener around his peers. I know in the majority of my career, the concession is that edge makes you more susceptible to, I think, more opaque relationships with your teammates because you're just harder to be around. I think the guys that, yes, 100%. Do you feel that way about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I demand a certain level of uh, of work ethic of, you know, if you're out here, if you're playing, why aren't you giving your best, you know? If you're doing something, why would you not do it to the best of your ability? Why half-ass it at any time? So, but I feel like if you're around me and you get to know me, you know that's how I am, and then you're okay with it. But it might rub guys the wrong way to start off. But then you also know that, I'll do anything for you. You know, I'm giving it my all for you. That's why I'm doing it, right? I'm not gonna let you down because I hold myself to that cert, that standard of excellence, and now everybody else does. So, um, if I don't perform, if we lose a game, first person I'm gonna look to is my my own performance and like what what could I have done differently um, to that would have helped the team. You know, I how did I let the team down today? And then you'll hold other people accountable. And then yeah, and then you you've go held from me there. accountable. But I go at myself first, yeah. and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we had our times, yeah, which were good, which you need, which is, it's not, it's a level of respect. Yeah. That's what it is. Do you feel like you're misunderstood in that regard with people that you don't get a chance to play with? I think so. And then you think with age as a result, you get perspective around like, hey, that's just part of the territory. Yeah, I do. I just, I've come to try and let it bother me less. I, you know, at the end of the day, I want people to like me, but uh, I also... I know who I am, and I'm a competitor. That's how I've gotten to, to this point. You think you'll be an MVP this year? Definitely an MVP candidate? I'll be a candidate. Think you'll win a championship? If I get on the right team. Love it. All right, we should call it. <laughs> okay, so apologies. I, I ended the podcast because what it Rob was... said was so good. But then we were talking outside, and he brought up Kyle Hartzell saying he's the fittest player in the league. Go. I'm just going to say it was very calculated by him in saying that he was the fittest player in the league because I wasn't in the league yet. Pre-March 1. So if he said sport, he would have been wrong. So right. now league, you know, we got the best players in this league. Oh, it sounds like that that he knows that. He, you guys had this conversation. No, but he, he knew. Yeah, he knew, he, in, he knew what he was doing when he said it. He knew I wasn't there yet. He said it. He knew it. And he still will say it. And your fitness level is insane. 
It's pretty. Is good. it the best it's ever been? It's pretty good. Is it uh, the best it's ever been? 2018 World Games, I was pretty dialed into, but right now I'm. I'm uh, well, what's the difference between now and 2018? How are you not the fittest you've ever been? Um, well, 2018, in I'm thinking of a certain point. I oh, because be, you were in game shape. I was. I was in in like May of 2018. I was like working out and game shape. I will be. No, I'll be. Leading up to training camp, I'll be in the best shape I've ever been in. I'm seeing some of this shit on Instagram, man. Like the assault bike, the circuits you're doing. You were out on the beach, like tied up, drowning yourself in the water. Navy SEAL workout, that was great. I wanted them to make me want to quit. I was that's how sick I am. I was like, they had a bell there, you know, like buds. And people probably thought about it. I never, not once did I think about it. I was like, I want you to make me want to quit right now. Cause I would have, I would have loved it. One of the, the Navy SEAL who was there actually played at Towson. It was a face-off guy. Really? Yeah. He spotted me out right away. He's like, "Yeah, I'm coming after you." Love it. But, Did you uh, want to quit? Did he get you that? No, place? no. I wanted them to get me to that place, yeah. though. There's probably want... some legality around it. <laughs> probably. This actually isn't. <laughs> Let buds. me. I'll sign a waiver. I'll <laughs> sign a waiver. I'll sign a waiver. Um, but no, you know, I'm. Listen, I, I, I'm very social about my workouts and everything that I do, and. Uh, I do it and you know, listen, I perform on the field. So what I'd like to start seeing is some of these guys that are saying, you know, they're working out and it's gonna be a new season for them. I'd then like them to translate it on the field. Yeah. So for attackmen that are as fit as you, you cover that on ball, off ball, and then riding. I love to ride. But I'm not too great off ball. <laughs> not great off you're I mean, if you give you the ball, you're not a, you may not be a great cutter. Great cutter, yeah. I'm not a great but cutter. If I you, gotta work on that. You you get to white, that area goal line yeah. extended in the crease, both hands. I've always thought that about you. Like you can catch a, a ball that zipped from the top left into your left hand, throw two face. Well, I would make you after practice, you know, when we were playing together, um, just rip passes to me. Because yeah. it was something that I knew I needed to work on. Yeah. Um and still need to work on. Didn't seem that way at the time. I was like, damn, his left hand's good. Fuck. It's always something you could work on. Yeah. But yeah, I love fitness. I just love it. It's good. It allows me to perform at the next level. Um, okay, so Hartzell is no longer the fittest player in the league. He, we, Tyler we, we Dunn decided, is going to want to come after you. You know, anybody can come after me if they want. Let's just do a competition or something. It, we'll do a you competition. Know. It's it's different, though. Like, is he, can he lift more weight than me? Probably. But when it comes to, like, functional fitness and you want to, like, you want to run sprints and you know, go from one exercise to the next. And, you know, I got an engine. I'll just keep going. Yeah. You know, skier, rower, salt bike. You know, no one, no one's better than leading the salt bike than me. Guarantee. Guarantee. Guaranteed. Hot take. Well, we see, we'll, we'll see those. If you haven't seen those photos, <laughs> I, I presume they're out by now. This, this podcast goes out on Wednesday. So, I mean, the guy looks like a goddamn Greek statue. All right. That is RP3. And welcome to the league, Rob. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. He gave us a lot of heat on Unbuckled Chinstrap. You can follow Rob on Instagram. He now has over 115,000 followers. He's up there. Top three most followed player in the world. His handle on Instagram and Twitter is at RobPinnell3. That's two N's and two L's. Make sure you subscribe to this show. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review. I've been reading them. If your question is good, I'm going to ask one of the players that are on the next episode your question. And maybe that first question will go to PLL Rookie of the Year, Tim Troutner. He's next. Ooh.